What's going on, hockey fans? This is episode 126 of the Clapper Cast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by Sean. Sean, you're rolling high again. Let's see how Conference long it goes, finals, man. baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. First fucking time since 2006. This is unreal. Yeah, it's a fun ride, hey? <laughs> oh, it totally is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that. Uh, yeah. We'll get into, I guess, all of the matchups in the second round, um, but... Just because of your excitement level, I think we should probably just start with the Oilers. Calgary. Yeah, I've already segued into it, so we'll just we'll just, re- we'll just head right in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Edmonton won in five games. Um, it seems like they like that first game was so wild, where Calgary went up nine six win. And then, yeah, and th- but it was like Calgary won, but it was like the story was like. Edmonton came back more than like it was Calgary six won. Two Calgary. <laughs> it was six two Calgary. Edmonton came back <laughs> at the beginning of the third. And like I'm watching it. that and it's just like, what the fuck <laughs> is this game? <laughs> yeah. And they tied it up and then they just kinda like that that can that compete level like just stayed the whole game the whole series and they just Yeah. Took it from there. Yeah, because they basically I th- I'm pretty sure in games two, four and five. Edmonton came back from a two or three goal deficit to tie the game and win. I yeah. think that's how that's how you win, like in in playoffs, right? It's just like you're never out of a game. You know, you're you can score in bunches like they did in that series. Like, you yeah, never, never never say die. So yeah, that's cool to see. Three or four goals in ten twelve minutes, and then uh, you know take over the game, and it's hard to come back from that. I mean, yeah, the, the story is like obviously McDavid and Drysaitel and Kane and. Um, you know some other contributors like Hyman, um, yeah. but I wanted to ask you specifically about like what like the mentality difference that you you see in this this year's Oilers compared to some of the other years where they've been in playoffs where perhaps they they didn't have like a never say die attitude. Have you noticed in like a pretty remarkable change? Yeah, there there is a huge change just in I don't know, I feel it I feel it in the demeanor. That's you know the team goes down and they're still able to generate chances they're still able to generate pressure they're still able to you just keep the game flowing keep going um you see it a lot where a team gets down a goal or two and yeah they go and put up a whole bunch of shots in the last 10 minutes or whatever but they never really get the good chances they never really you know get anything dangerous or do anything with it but Edmonton right now especially in the series they'll get down and instead of um instead of just kind of like i don't say giving up but you can just see that they're hungry for the next goal and you have someone like mcdavid who is just in another on another level he's on another planet right now (laughs) he gets the puck and it's just a one-man show out there with him like he will go and generate momentum for the team and then you've got other players like evander kane scored a natural hat trick in one of those games all three goals were identical. Yeah. Like, it was the exact same play. Yeah, a little and backhand. You've got other players, like, uh, uh, Zach Hyman's been amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I was hesitant on that contract. I think I called it Milan Lucic 2.0 when when it got signed. But, for shame. like, look, if he's going to do this for a few years before he trails off like Lucic did, that'd be amazing. Like, he's helping the team in so many ways. And he does so much stuff that I didn't even know he was going to be really there to do like he's 
he's a great penalty killer. He's amazing on the forecheck. He has a. It's really fun to watch him go and kill like a minute off the clock, by holding the puck deep in the opponent's off in the opponent's defensive zone just by himself. He's there fighting off four guys and you know, yeah, he's like a possession hound. Like he just like yeah hangs onto the puck. So it's like if you're up or you're killing a penalty, like if you send him in basically on his own, he can just like kill like thirty seconds. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting trait I didn't expect to see out of a player like him. Yeah, I, I know like Toronto I think I think like the the, the most interesting kind of thing to look at when a player leaves team is to see like the reaction of the, the team he's leaving, right? The fans. Mm-hmm. And from everything I saw when he was leaving, like fans were of Toronto were disappointed that he was leaving, but they understood like, you know, he's due for money that they can't pay. But it's like he brought something special to that team and it's like did they miss him this year? Did he take a step forward with the Oilers? You know, you never really know, but it's like he's a valuable member of the Oilers and, you know, he's putting yeah. up points and like some of the goals he's getting are, are pretty nice too. So Totally. Um he's definitely in a playoff battler and you know, def- definitely adds more depth to that team and you know, um it it was interesting to see Calgary kind of say like, Oh, one player, one player, one player but it's like Sure, they've got the best player in the series, obviously, but you know Edmonton has guys like Hyman and you know Kane who can play with that best player. Also and contribute. Also, uh, McDavid wasn't even the leading scorer in the <laughs> yeah. series. Drysaddle had seventeen points in five games. Yeah, I mean, I would say that McDavid <laughs> is obviously like the Im- more like making the bigger bigger impact because of the things he does, and like Drysaddle's slower than normal with his injury, but still racking him up, but. Like to say that they're just a one man team. It's like yeah. you can't win with a one one man team. It's not like the NBA, right? Like you need to have a full team. And it it was interesting to hear like very early in the series when it you know, it wasn't Edmonton didn't have Calgary on the ropes, people were saying like could this be the very first case, I think, where someone wins the con smite who doesn't even make it to the final because of how I said that as a joke crazy McDavid was yeah but it was like <laughs> CBC and the Sportsnet were like giving Today? that airtime yeah wow <laughs> so there was like you know just how sensational he's been because you know they were pointing out like Crosby in 2016 had like I don't know like a, a point per game or something like that or just below point per game and then they were like McDavid has more points in like half the games right now so it's like yeah if he loses right now and the Oilers are knocked out. Is he still in contention for for Conn Smythe? So, looking at the uh, the gap between McDavid and Drysital and the rest of the leading scorers in the playoffs, there is a very real chance that like Edmonton loses in the conference finals, and then McDavid and Drysital are still the leading scorers for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it like a couple of years ago where like McKinnon was still like top three or something in scoring after the. Something like something crazy like that. I think happened. I remember something about that. Yeah, I can't remember the exact numbers, but yeah, I mean, along it's those lines. it's crazy, especially how they just beat the team in five games, mm-hmm. right? So there's just so many less games that they've played compared to some of these other players where they've played in like you know longer series. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's crazy. Kudos to the Oilers um, for yeah. for battling through and. It's going to be interesting to see what the Flames do. Um, I think that there's a lot of positives they can take out of that. Um, this playoffs push, like, um, you know, they just... Yeah, the last half of the season for Calgary was great. They went on that 
massive hot streak. Their top line, Gaudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm were all firing on all cylinders. Um, they didn't even play bad in the playoffs. Even in that series against Edmonton, they were still good. But yeah. um, like the big thing for Calgary in that series was Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, he didn't have a good he, series. He was terrible. It's, yeah, it's so crazy because of the, the series before he was so good. Um, mm-hmm. And then just wasn't good. And obviously, you know, some of the plays that the Oilers were making, like, hung out to dry. Um, yeah. But, you know, he he didn't look his best for sure. Um, yeah, and even even on those other ones, like, there's something up with his glove hand because you could tell that's where a lot of the goals were going in and that's where Edmonton was shooting almost every other shot is right up to the glove. Yeah, maybe he had something bothering him or something. Um, but anyway, um, Oilers are looking good and it's got to be a good time to be, uh, you know, in, in your shoes to, to watch that and be, you know, watching your hometown team going going on a run. Finally, <laughs> finally doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, so yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about that one, or should we move on to the Colorado series? Um, I mean, it worked. What they did worked in this series when they averaged five goals a game as a team. But uh, that's not going to be. You can't rely on that. <laughs> you know, you can't rely on on scoring five goals a game and looking at the numbers the team's putting up. The players are going to really have to find a way to either keep that going or you know, readjust a little bit or, you know, find something to do because, like, Colorado is going to be, like, much harder than Calgary in this, in that play style, right? Yeah. So it worked this series, worked great this series. Like, it was hella fun to watch. Like, I never even mentioned, like, this was the first battle of Alberta in over 30 years in the playoffs. It was fun. And it was an absolute roller coaster, emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Every single game was super fun, super exciting, like, the back and forth, the comebacks, both teams coming back from deficits to keep the game tied and close. Like, it was so good. Yeah, it was a great series. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Colorado, St. Louis. Um, Colorado won in how many games did they win, Sean? Six. Six, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Kadri um, had a great series. Um, mm-hmm. Had that hat trick after uh, getting a water bottle thrown on him by Binnington. <laughs> um, and a lot of, you know, unfortunate comments directed his way. Um, so that was that was cool to see him do so well. And it's tough for the Blues because Binnington was, by a lot of stats, the best goalie in playoffs. Um, and they, they lost him mid-series. So that's tough. Um but um, yeah, Colorado's the monster. Yep, and that's all there is to it. Like St. Louis, St. Louis did good this series. Like they had a decent series. They kept the games relatively close. I mean, two overtime games, a cu- uh, another couple of I think one or two more. Yeah, one more one goal game and that comeback game in game that comeback win in game five. Pardon me. Yeah, Robert Thomas had a couple goals and then Bozak yeah. winner. Yeah. As so expected Tyler Bozak. Like <laughs> right. Um yeah, St. Louis had a good series but just Colorado with the roster they have was just overpowering. Yeah. The they're just and McKinnon just Yeah. He's flying out there. That one goal he had for his hat trick was insane. Insanity. 
They lost that game, but everyone was talking about that goal. <laughs> yeah, it's like St. Louis goes and wins a comeback in, in overtime to stay alive in the series, and nobody's even talking about that. It's all about McKinnon's, McKinnon's hat-trick <laughs> goal in regulation. <laughs> yeah. Regular season mode where you're talking about the, the flash, flashy goal instead of who actually won. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was, um, it was a good series. It's probably the one that I – one of the, the – I've watched a lot of that battle in Alberta, but this one I watched a little bit less. But, um, yeah, Colorado's gross, and I don't know what, what else to say about it, really. Um, so we'll move on um, to the Eastern Conference and Florida Panthers. Got swept by Tampa Bay Lightning. What, what a choke job. No kidding. <laughs> this was just... Start to finish, Florida was just terrible this series. They scored three goals over the entire four-game series. Yeah, and they scored the most goals. They set a record <laughs> for most. Yeah, goals they were setting records regular for regular season scoring, and they scored three goals in four games. Yeah, it. Um, they looked terrible. It it, it kind of. I'm torn on like how I think about the Capitals after this because it's like the Capitals lost to the Panthers, but, like, the you know, the Capitals had, like, worse goaltending, worse defense, worse offense. Nowhere near as good as Tampa, but, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the Panthers. Like, and there's, like, that story of, like, some of them went out to a strip club after they lost game three, and they had yep. a back-to-back in Tampa, which I always thought was going to be a tough schedule. Um, so he lost game three. And there's, I still don't know if it's confirmed or not. Someone said that they had strip club sources, but I think it was yeah. Someone someone's strip club <laughs> sources were the best in the industry, but I can't tell if that was like yeah. an actual statement or someone was being a dumbass. <laughs> and then it was like they were out till three a.m. and then they played the next day, the next night, and then it's like you had Anthony Duclair who scored like the only goal the game before, and Ryan Lombard got scratched game four and they put in jumbo and uh anton lundell who i think he got injured in game three or something and so it's like is there some actual credence to that uh you know to that uh rumor because it's like duclair scored a goal and then you scratch him seems like i know he's kind of jumbo joe who just doesn't know what's going on (laughs) and it's like yeah it's like duclair has kind of those rumors of being like you know, maybe not being the most like focused athlete around, and he's kind of bounced around the league, and maybe had some issues. So it's like uh, you could you could see that happening, and it's like if that's true, you gotta you gotta get rid of those guys. Like mm-hmm. I, I I just think that's not a winning culture. Like if no. if you're gonna go out after a loss, it's like I get it after you win a series or something. Understandable. Well, know. even even then, it's not just after you lost. It's like you lose but then you play back the next day back, yeah it's the elimination game the next day yeah and so it's like i don't know it just seems like they've got maybe an issue in their dressing room where it's like the commitment to, to like you know they they brought in guys like claude Giroux who are kind of looking for their first cup and they brought in you know a lot of guys they've they've kind of gone all in here and then it's like mm-hmm. that the compete level is just not there and it's like you're not owed anything in the league right like you might not ever get as close to that as as you did now so it's yeah. like, who like, captains? I think 
I was on the Florida Panthers subreddit and they were posting pictures of like Huberto and some other guys who were like in Tampa posting like photos of them like having beers in a hot tub and the fans were mad and they were like you know if you're down like 3-0 and Huberto was like oh we're only down 3-0 like not a big deal it's like well oh, yeah, down yeah, 4-0 what did he say? like it's <laughs> it's 3 nothing it's 3 nothing who cares we're going to win yeah. or we'll come back and it's like well you're down 4-0 now and it's like yeah your leadership like this like guys on the team are going out to strip clubs and stuff and it's like you're in the same state like you're not even going out to like vegas and you're from like mm-hmm. columbus <laughs> you know it's like yeah. you're going up the highway and you're down the road and you're probably staying at your house still so i just don't understand that mentality and how there's no one who stepped in there for the team like barkov or jumbo or i don't know to yeah. feel like boys like <laughs> yeah you kind of wonder if this is like this is a team that's still fairly early in their competitive window and you kind of wonder if the chemistry and the leadership and the locker room culture just isn't quite there yet. They yeah. went and kind of brought in a whole bunch of random players. And you kind of wonder if they just didn't mesh and they just don't have, like, the, the right culture, the right mindset in the locker room, the right yeah, winning just, mindset. just a lot of voices. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, they went through a coaching change. And, you know, Andrew Burnett did a great job after Q left. But it's like Q's, Q's won the cup like multiple times as a coach, and you think if he was in that situation, he, he probably would have been cracking down on the guys, right? Like, you know, here's here's what we gotta do. Like, this is what we did in Chicago. This is what we did wherever. Yep. But you know, for Burnett, I think that's a real learning curve too. If he's gonna be around next year, like, like that's your job, like to get those guys ready for every game. So, yeah, yeah. it's absolute choke job. Like they. I think they got. They finally got like a pl- power play goal, and that's one thing that the Capitals <laughs> held them to no uh, power play goals too. But Washington better than Tampa confirmed. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, <laughs> like you're the be- like the best scoring team in the league, and like your power play just disintegrates in playoffs. Like, yeah. sure you er, you should expect a drop, but to zero, like that's that's a problem. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough. Not a, not a whole lot else there. It's just like. Tampa sucks. Tampa back to back. Like they've obviously got the winning culture. They know what to do. They yeah. know how to prepare. They've got. I mean, Vasilevsky's like by far the best goalie in the league, and at this point, he's easily going to end up in the conversation as one of the best of all time. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, if he's not in there already, so. You know, Florida just didn't prepare. It seems like they weren't quite ready for what they were going to face. No, I think they had like minimal challenge in the first round against Washington and then just thought it was going to be easy. That's what it looked mm-hmm. like. Like that was what the narrative looked like. Just like, oh, we're going to yeah, coast you, through to the finals. The Battle of Florida. I mean, we saw how those games, we saw how the last Battle of Florida went in the playoffs last year with all the the spiciness, the grit, the physicality, and you just didn't see any of that from, from the Panthers in this series. No. See, they just didn't look engaged with it. No, it, it, it really looked like they thought it was going to be easy and then they just seemed apathetic about it. So I yeah. would be pissed if I was a fan of Florida just about how that performance like it just looked really bad. So mm-hmm. I, but not not to take anything away from Tampa, right? Like they did they did a really good job of shutting them down and to, you know, um, keep the big names out of the off the score sheet. Like Hubert Obarkov was invisible. Um, so really good job by Tampa and Vasilevsky, I think he let like but he's let in like three goals in his last like <laughs> like a hundred and twenty shots or something like yeah something <laughs> just gross something just 
Vasilevsky stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, after that first round against Tampa, it looked like he kind of went down to reality, but it's like, no, he's still the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Without a doubt. Yeah, so Tampa m- made it through, and then just tonight the Rangers played Carolina in a game seven, and the Rangers prevailed. Um, so that is that was Carolina's first loss at home this playoffs um and they had only one at home had one zero on the road and that's not a winning uh not strategy, s- not strategy but like that's <laughs> not a winning i don't know recipe Track record like yeah. it's just like you have to find a way to win on the road <laughs> and for uh, new york like they they've won five consecutive games um where they could have been eliminated so that the anti-Toronto. Yeah, the clutch gene is there. Um, so yeah, this cool. one, y- you and I were talking just briefly off-air about this one before we started, but uh, the Rangers just have this this like beginner rookie luck, beginner rookie energy around them right now. You know, it's kind of their first foray into the postseason with this iteration of the team. Like, it's kind of their rebound season. They're, you know, back into the competitive window, I guess. You know, Gerard Gallant obviously has a track record of success with other teams. Um, seems to be highly regarded as a coach, and he's gotten this team through the second round of the playoffs and their first real chance at it. And y- yeah, the Rangers have gone up against two teams that have had major injury issues in net. You know, Louis Domingue in the first round was Pit- was Pittsburgh starter, and then this one, the Hurricanes bouncing between Antti Ranta and um, Pyotr Kochkev. But you still, like, to be able to shut down Carolina's offense the way that they did. The Rangers gave up. I think Carolina like only scored three goals, goals once in the in the series. Yeah. yeah. It's like 2-2-1-1, two, 3-2-1. Two, one, one, one. You know, that's that's a good team, you know, defense right there. Yeah. And, you know, part of that goes to the players on the ice but they also have you know we're talking about the best goalies in the league Igor Shesterkin yeah. you know he's he's been absolutely standing on his head this season he is you know he's in he's probably the team's MVP he has to be the team's MVP yeah he sure. stands on his head for them like I'm surprised the Rangers are here because their their underlying numbers their even strength play just they don't perform very well but they have such a good goalie that they can handle a little bit of crappy play because their power play and their scoring yeah, their ability is so, teams is so good we're good this series like their power play was really good and then they also I, i'm not sure of the exact stats but they held carolina to very minimal power play strikes mm-hmm. um so yeah they were uh they were good and yeah their goalie is just keeping them in every game they're in um, you know, it seems to be like kind of takes a game or two to kind of get into the series, and then he's just locked in. Um, so, yeah, very, uh, very cool. And then, of course, you know, got Adam Fox, um, who's leading leading all defensemen for points in playoffs. Lucas Abanjad, he's been clutching it up since I think game three or four or something of mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh series. Um, he's been lights out um and then you know panarin Kreider, 
Um, and then you've got like the defense, uh, aside from Fox, of like Truba just absolutely destroying guys out there. Um, and then um, Ryan Lindgren like blocking everything in sight and you know really being that defensive partner for Fox. So they've got a, a good team composition. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. Uh, I I didn't think that they were gonna be as as successful coming into playoffs as they as they have been. Um, but you know that stat where it's like they could have been eliminated in five games and they they just keep winning those games. So it's that's that's pretty cool. Like just like we were talking about the Oilers, right? Where it's like you're never quite out of a game or a series like you know that's that's good compete level in the players but also good coaching by Gallant yep. you know he's been around good coaching good leadership like there's a lot of there's a lot of positive things to say and to see coming out of um out of that team's performance yeah and the one thing with the Rangers too is that it's cool to see like um the guys that they've they acquired at the deadline you know like Tyler Mott and Andrew Kopp um contributing like Cops been getting mm-hmm. some good goals from them, and even Mott like got that one, that one goal in Game Six. I guess the first game goal I of Game Six. So. Um, on a not a super strong shot, but just like a timely breakaway. Um, so I I always like Mott. I think a lot of people like Mott just because of his, you know, his very vocal struggle with mental health that he's dealt with, and how he. How much he's done, like, outside of the game for awareness and things. He's a cool guy. I like that guy. Sad that he got traded out of Vancouver, but happy to see him on a team that's still in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I think just to kind of tidy up the second round here, um, I had chosen the Flames. I think you did, too, just to be yep. safe. <laughs> so, we're both wrong I actually, I mean, I legitimately thought Calgary was going to so win. So did I. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, so did I. I'm sure you're pleasantly, uh, you're okay with that probably. Um, and then I think we both pick Colorado. Yep. Uh, and um, I pick Florida. I pick Florida. And I chose New York. <laughs> I took Carolina. <laughs> so I was, I was, uh, I guess fifty percent. I'll take that. And as usual, <laughs> I'm struggling to break even getting a third of a series is right. <laughs> well, at least your favorite team is into the conference finals so who cares right yeah consolation prize <laughs> yeah. so speaking of the, the conference finals uh let's uh quickly just go over what we think is going to happen in each of those clearly we have di- like differing um accuracy per round we were pretty good on round one i think and round two we just who knows but um right what do you think is going to happen in this edmonton colorado series Ultimately, um, I'm taking the abs in five. <laughs> I think, look, Edmonton got through that Calgary series by scoring five goals per game. That That isn't sustainable long-term, especially when they've now sat for, you know, what, five, six days between the series, I think. Um, it's hard to see, it's hard to see Edmonton being able to do what they did against Calgary, against Colorado, and the stuff, the flaws in Edmonton's game right now, the defensive lapses, the, um, you know, Mike Smith has been serviceable. He's made the saves he needs to for the most part, but he's also been sheltered by the fact that the team was scoring so much. And uh, Edmonton is a team. I believe they are the fourth worst in among playoff teams in high-danger scoring chances against per 60. 
They're giving up a lot of high danger chances. Colorado's going to exploit that constantly with the offense that they have. And Edmonton's going to struggle with that because, you know, they have a hard time starting games. We've seen them giving up the first goal early a lot. Um, Colorado's going to be able to take advantage of that very quickly in games. And Edmonton's defense, Edmonton's goaltending isn't quite good enough to counter what Colorado can put out there. Um, Edmonton's offense isn't quite good enough to, you know, cover that for a long stretch of time. So I think Colorado, just their roster, it's a wagon right now, it's absolute powerhouse. We've been saying they're they're on the verge of being a cup contender for how many seasons now, and this is probably that year that they've now, they lost in the second round in, what, three or four straight seasons, and they finally break it, make it through. They're going to be energized. They're going to be ready to go. Colorado in five. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that you said there, but I'm, I'm going to pick Edmonton in six. <laughs> 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 I just think that. Because why not? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm on the train now. Um, I'm just. McDavid and Dreisaitl, um, you know, and uh, playoff goal leader here, Vander Kane. Um, I just think McDavid's putting this team on his back right now, and, like, the way he's rolling, it's just, like, I don't want to bet against him, so I'm picking, <laughs> I'm picking Oilers. Um, I'm really excited for this series way more so than yep. the other series. Um you know, this, obviously this is one of the most, you know, one of the better conference finals, one of the better series matchups we've seen in a while in terms of star power and excitement, right? Yeah, and it's just it's just going to be fun. Um, McDavid versus McKinnon. Mm -hmm. um, just absolute speed. <laughs> like, yep. It's going to be And it's two teams so that fun. have similar, uh, similar builds or a similar play style where it's like speed and offense is, you know, their ideal game if they can find the way to play it. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of like one to one comparisons. Like, um, you've got like um, Connor McDavid, McKinnon, Drysidel, Randman. Like you've mm -hmm. got, um, you know, Evander Kane, Nazem Kadri. Like <laughs> it's just like there's very similar builds here, and then like the, all the depth forwards. Like there's a lot of like you know the same sort of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the main difference is a guy like Kale McCarr. Like, I don't think the Oilers really have anyone. What, you're telling me <laughs> offensive defenseman Tyson Berry is not an equivalent to Kale McCarr? No, I would say <laughs> I would say not. Um, I would say that maybe he's, you know, somewhere in the same, I don't know, galaxy of, like, walking the line as Kale McCarr. <laughs> but his defensive game is nowhere near <laughs> Good. He's and been like, playing third pairing with Brett Kulak the entire playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think that there's quite that same comparison there. Um, but it's going to be fun to see these guys go head to head, and it is interesting to see like there's there's, you know, uh, Tyson Berry, you know, played on the Colorado, but you've also got like Cogliano. <laughs> on yeah, for Oiler Andrew Cogliano. Um, found his way onto Colorado <laughs> at yeah, some point. <laughs> I forgot he was there until like game six of that other series. So um yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's just it's just gonna mm -hmm. be so high octane, lots of speed, but who knows if there's gonna be the same amount of scoring as some of these other series or not. Um I'm just I'm just really looking forward to this one. Um 
and I respect that you're going against your favorite team. I don't know if that's a strategy or you actually. No, I. <laughs> it's it's again. It's a. I legitimately think Colorado is going to win. <laughs> hey, I mean that's the fun part of playoffs, though. It's like it could look very clear cut going in who's going to win, but you just never know what what can happen, right? Who's going to be? That's that why hero. my brackets always suck. <laughs> and then you know you've also got Josh Manson on Avalanche, and his dad is uh, what an assistant coach in Edmonton. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was that thing. Uh, Dave Manson, the Oilers' assistant coach, sent uh, Josh a text like, "Can you uh, go win this game so I can see my granddaughter?" <laughs> yeah. Um. And then we've got the Rangers and Tampa Bay uh, in the East. Um, I think it's kind of cool to see the Rangers back into the conference finals. They had a you know a few years there. I guess before Tampa kind of has been going on there big run where it seemed like the rangers were always in in there you know they went to the finals and um now they've kind of found their way back um so cool to see them there and it uh, they've always had a kind of a weird connection to tampa bay in my mind with some of the trades that they've made and just you know players going back and forth um so i don't know i i think the rangers beat Tampa and every every game they played this year, all three games. Um, so they might match up quite well. Um, I don't know if those were all earlier in the season before they got some other acquisition guys, but um, I, I kind of like I kind of like the Rangers in this, but it's hard to go against Tampa again. Um, whatever, I'm gonna pick the Rangers in seven. They seem to be winning in game seven here um you know it takes a take a little while to get into the series and then they kind of compete and win win mm -hmm. so and just for the sheer fact that i don't want tampa to win and i don't even want them in the finals i just want someone else to win this year so i please please god <laughs> let the yeah. rangers win this series i can't exactly you know you need to have maroon's energy and Corey perry's energy finally collide here in the conference finals where Maroon winning three in a row and Perry losing two in a row, they've got to cancel each other out and just Tampa loses. So, you know. Can please. we can we change the NHL rules so that Corey Perry can get traded to the Rangers for this series? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, so who are you picking? I think you said it best. It's hard to go against Tampa. Yeah. I, I would absolutely... In I would absolutely want to see anyone other than Tampa win it. I don't like seeing the same team winning year in, year out. It's not fun when you're supposed to have this like league of parity and the same team keeps winning. But I just I can't go against Tampa right now. And uh, you know, New York's got their their energy, their rookie beginners luck, whatever that that youthful exuberance they have. I don't know what it is, but I just think a team like Tampa that's so experienced right now, I think they're just going to find a way to exploit that. So I'm going to take Tampa probably in six. It's, you know, it's going to be a longer one. Like, New York's not going to go down without a fight. This is a, a showdown of two of the best goalies in the league this season. Like, Shesterkin versus Vasilevsky is going to be an amazing battle to watch. But uh, I think Tampa's well-rounded game is just going to dominate New York's, especially with uh, even strength stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be um, cool to see um, th those two goalies battle head-to-head. -head. Um, I just thought of another reason that I wanted to go with the Rangers is um, Panarin. <laughs> He's got that secret knowledge of that Columbus sweep. 
too. <laughs> <laughs> Where he did like that, he went for like the crazy high five with, I think it was like Kucherov in that lineup, and Kucherov was just not, not happy whatsoever. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that he retains that experience of like knowing we can we can do this <laughs> like yeah i've done it before <laughs> we can do this again it's so much better <laughs> on paper but like we can beat them um so yeah it's it's tough though vasilevsky's obviously in the zone right now um but he's been had a, had a bit of time off because of uh that sweep so maybe maybe he'll be rusty <laughs> after yeah i was seeing days. some stats uh that the teams that sweep series sweep a series have a a worse winning per or a worse winning percentage than the teams who go deep in the series who go like six or seven games yeah because it's like the team that just that goes like seven games or whatever like they just roll like they have a night off and then they play again and it's like mm -hmm. you know they're in the and tampa's been sitting for a week and, mm. yeah they, they haven't been playing they haven't they're not in game form so I don't even I remember I think I heard something like they're not even really like they're practicing but they're also taking it easy because of guys who are hurt and they don't want to like injure people or re-aggravate injuries they're kind of like going a little bit easy yeah so that could be a uh, competitive advantage for the Rangers right mm -hmm. just ended you know they they have been in this situation where they could be eliminated five times already um you know Tampa this is going to be won. an interesting battle where Vasilevsky can't lose two can two consecutive games. Tampa Bay doesn't lose elimination games. Neither does the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just perpetual overtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Game game one one of these games is going to roll into the next game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, I mean, it really could go either way. Um. For, for both of these teams, both these series, um, mm -hmm. that's that's what I love about hockey is that, you know, on paper it might seem like Colorado is just, you know, a shoe in, but, you know, the Oilers have the best player in the league, so there's that. Like, looking at David Jew, I'm excited to watch him, for the first time in his career, get into the conference finals and get see what that's like, and, you know, under all the lights and the pressure, you know. What does he do? Exactly. It'll be fun. That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.